Hello, hello, I'm Lucas, that is Jeff, and you're listening to Make Your Own Damn Podcast. Jeff, how's it going? All right, um, I got a question to start things off for you, Lucas. What's your favorite Brian De Palma movie? Oh, that's actually a good question. I did learn this week that I have seen more of his movies than I thought I had. Um, I'm the exact opposite. I learned this week I've literally have only seen, as of counting today's episode, three of his movies only three only three okay let me see what i so you know it's the wedding party because that's this episode um of course i've seen carrie Mm -hmm. and the only other one of his i've seen is mission impossible i have never seen scarface i have never seen dress to kill i have never seen fam of the paradise i've never seen sisters i've never seen all these famous movies i've never seen I've seen nine out of his, I guess, wow. 25 or something like that. Never seen The Untouchables. Never yeah. seen Body Double. So what's heard... your favorite? Oh, gosh. That's a... I I mean, out of the ones I've seen, like, yeah. it's got to be Carrie. Like, um, I mean, I mean, but Sisters has, like, a really cool, like, 70s trashiness to it that um that is always fun. Um. But Carrie's cool, you know, it's, it's you know, uh, a St- obviously a Stephen King adaptation. Um, I like The Untouchables a lot, but I, I don't remember it. Like, so it's it has been that long since I've seen it. Um, I watched Scarface for the first time a few years ago. Um, like, so, like, more recently than, like, you know, you'd think. But um, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, I I don't totally get the obsession with it, but um I, I thought it was pretty good. Um no, I uh oh Mission Impossible is actually pretty good. I did not like Mission Impossible. I thought that first movie was fucking nonsense. And I have I have learned over the years that it's not just me. A lot of other people have cannot follow that movie and have no idea what happens in it. And I am one of them. Yeah. I cannot make sense of that movie. I uh I remember enjoying it, but I also like don't think I've seen it since the theaters. Um I don't know. I, I feel like I've got to go with Carrie. Um I'm surprised you haven't seen uh The Black Dahlia because that's like nope. True crime, you know, based yeah. on an Elroy novel. Uh, you know, um, yeah, never, never saw that one. Like, yeah. I gotta be honest, that's kind of like one that just kind of like, like slipped under the radar. Slipped under the radar with me because I was like, wait, there's a Black Dahlia movie and it's directed by Brian De Palma. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, it turns out I've only ever seen two Brian De Palma movies before this episode. Like, I knew who he was and I knew that right. he was a big deal. And, um, uh, and I was like looking up who he was and what I've seen of him. I was like, oh, actually, practically nothing. And I was like, wait, a Black Dahlia movie? And so that's something I probably will uh, yeah. seek out in some way just because I'm. Be so I did. No, but but yeah. then we picked today's episode because this is the first movie of a celebrated American filmmaker. And that seemed like that should have been like something. Something for us to seek, sink our teeth into. It's, I mean, it's one and, of the first. It's I, I believe. No, it is the first. It is the so, first. We'll get into it. This is like one of the few little pieces of information I could get. Oh, is it the okay. movie 
the the filming happened in 1964. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going by release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not released until 1969. This is the first movie from Brian De Palma, though it was co-directed with Wilfred Leach and Cynthia Monroe. Which, hey, I'm just gonna got some spoilers right here. Wilfred Leach was a professor. His most notable thing is he co-directed a movie with Brian De Palma and Cynthia. He did a lot of stuff for the stage. Yeah, but <laughs> he, won, he won a Tony Award. Good for him. <laughs> Cynthia Monroe is just—I mean, like, like there's no, there's no documentation on who this person is online. Yeah, gotcha. Oh boy. Oh boy. I All don't right. know what we're so the wedding party. Shall I start with the trauma description? Yeah, let's let's and then do it. Let's get into us explaining the hell we just watched um so here's a description from choma.com um oh by the way how does choma have the distribution rights to this i have no idea i can find nothing about it i yeah don't know so i messaged scout safoya um critic and a friend of ours uh you know uh, about about this movie because i knew he was a de palma fan i was like have you seen the De Palma's trauma movie like and he's just like what and then I said it was the wedding party he's like I've seen the wedding party I didn't I had no idea trauma owned the rights to it or how so yeah I I don't know how like yeah nobody knows I guess so here's the description from trauma.com uh Robert De Niro and Jill Clayburgh sparkle in Brian De Palma's witty comedic hits After being confronted with countless responsibilities, restrictions, and a bride that is mapping out the rest of his life, Charlie develops an extreme case of wedding day jitters. As the big day dawns, Charlie makes a mad scramble towards freedom as he's pursued by militant wedding guests and well-wishers in a side-splitting hilarious climax that makes the wedding party a truly memorable event. No, no, oh, no. Man. Oh, God. First off, that is the entire plot of the movie, except then. And then he decides to get married. And that's it. It's just the most fucking cliche. Like, this movie, while it was made in the 1960s, and I guess I can vaguely bring up there are some things that was displaying a kind of early 1960s new aesthetic towards viewing relationships. Yeah. Um, but like it's it's really it is purposely done in the style of a 1930s 40s wedding farce. Like it, yeah, but it also has fucking can be. But it also has like um it also has like uh uh like like those title cards that are like you'd find in like a silent film, you know, as well, which I thought was. Except the whole movie's narrated, which you can't make the argument that it's in any way like really silent film influenced when the whole movie is narrated. Right, right. Um, yeah, there's cards that come up from this quotes from this like 1800s book about about marriage basically uh, about what the the proper behavior for a bridegroom during all the events that lead up to a a, a wedding, wedding. Yeah. and 
Man, I started watching this movie and I made it no joke like five to ten minutes in and I texted Lucas and said, I'm only about ten minutes into this movie and I fucking hate it. It's yeah. Uh I, I'm always baffled by movies like this. Like I uh, because like First of all, I do want to say it is a student film. Like, I mean, that is this. This is the most student film of anything we have covered on this show. Yeah. This this never should. I'll be quite honest. This never should have been released. This right. This is just an experiment. This is literally students experimenting with camera techniques to even figure out how shit works. This is actors experimenting with acting techniques to just figure out how to act. This yeah. is essentially like a really, oh God, I hate, I hate uh, making this pun. It's, it's a, it's, it's a dress, dress rehearsal. Um, yeah. Is what yeah. this is for actually making a movie. This is, and this, this is obviously not even a, there's no, way I believe this is a serious attempt on a movie. No, like, okay, so, like, and this is what's, it's, again, baffling to me about the whole trauma connection, because, like, I, I also see that it's available on Blu-ray as part of Arrow's uh, De Palma box set, and that, that makes sense, because it's, like, you know, like, serious collectors who are fans of De Palma will prob- would probably want to at least have this, like, you know, um, but, yeah, like, I don't know what I just don't know, like, what, like, how this could have got actual distribution, you know? Like, I mean, it's not even, yeah, like, like I, like I, I said. I saw like, a few pieces of conjecture that the only reason it got distributed because of Brian De Palma's rising profile, some places said. Other places said because of Robert De Niro's rising profile. However, when you look at 1969, neither one of them had a rising profile. That doesn't make any – that does yeah. not play out at all. Both of them had their first successes after the wedding party actually got distribution. Okay, so now that – now the um, – it's specifically – references on wikipedia um that uh so de niro had begun drawing notice for his plays that he was in and then de palma released a movie called greetings in 68 which i guess did okay i've never heard of that movie like right have you no well no but you know um yeah so i don't know um i uh i asked scout about the the wedding party like if you know when i asked if he'd seen it he said it's you know basically yeah what Palma he, had, he said De Palma hadn't found his basically hadn't found his feet yet um he was just yeah this, he's a student yeah no this is literally this this is even like watching somebody trying to feet and fail this is just literally somebody doing a rough draft or, and, or just learning just learning the basics of how a camera like, works yeah yeah and um, i guess he enjoyed 1940s and like farcicals with 1920s slapstick yeah um because that's what the whole I, there is no fucking story to this movie yeah it's just a series of like kind of gags i guess you know or yeah. or yeah or um it's just all these little witty exchanges and Literally, the whole plot of the fucking movie 
is a guy is finally meeting his all the family, members. family on the wedding day and everybody is talking to him about how important marriage is and he gets cold feet and then uh he decides to do it right and he has friends at the very beginning which almost sets up that there's going to be a conflict. It sets up in the first couple of scenes that his friends, which Robert De Niro is one of them, um, mm-hmm. is like, you shouldn't get married, dude. Like, you should just keep having fun. And like, essentially what's a little meta thing, this is the only, this is like part of the only things that's actually vaguely interesting about the movie is they don't have the terminology yet, but they're entering the swinging 60s. And it's like, you don't got to get tied down anymore. Right. You can you can have sex and have a career and have a love life. And yeah, you don't need to be married. They, they're hinting at that that this is a possibility, and that's that's kind of considering this was actually made in '64 and '65. This is actually kind of some new concepts to be discussed in the movie, and you can mm-hmm. kind of see that like the people involved in making this movie, working on, they're just putting their toes into like how do we talk about c- cultural trends that we're seeing happening around us. But the thing is, though, the guys come around in the first 15 minutes of the movie, and then they essentially go out for a bachelor party, which they forget to bring him along to wasted and then by themselves come up with the epiphany that marriage is a great thing and got and and they spend the whole rest of the movie telling them of like yo you need to get married yeah um what's the conflict in this movie yeah. (laughs) yeah i mean even when this they set up about like when we have one of those title cards come across of like the uh, bridegroom should be magnanimous to previous suitors because what they have lost forever, you will have until death. Right. I remember that word for word just because I was like, Jesus Christ, that is one way to talk about women as property. Yeah. There, yeah. There's a lot of real, like when I say there's some things that age interesting in this, like, I'm going to, like, it should be a surprise but, to now, anyone but right I now. Think I, I have I, no recommendation for this movie. And, like, this movie, like, even when it's trying to be a little progressive at points, the world has just aged so on past it that it's, well, like, I think the, um, Well, I think the title cards were meant to be, like, a joke. Oh, no, they're meant like, to be a little tongue-in-cheek. Yes, yeah. definitely, definitely. But it just being, like, that just setting up of, like, because what's the actual joke? The actual joke is that the guy who shows up to wish her wish her well, doesn't want to marry her. Right. We never actually get an explanation for it. And it's a Arabic guy, which I'm pretty sure is a white guy doing brown face. You might be right. I don't, I don't know though. I can't, uh, I can't speak to that because the movie's in black and white, but <laughs> you might be right. Pretty, pretty, pretty sure. And I didn't, I gotta be honest. I didn't fucking care enough to look on IMDB, but I, I'd be willing to put down money that I am correct that that was a white guy in brown face. Oh. Which I think may be our first serious case of um Yeah, Richard Kalmar, oh, which the only thing he was ever in was the wedding party. So I have no idea. I have no idea what to go off of. I am <laughs> Gonna say 
gonna say I'm like I'm willing to put that money fucking money on it. That was a that was a white guy in <laughs> ethnic makeup. These are, these are serious accusations. <laughs> I am making them. I am making them. He's probably dead. Like this, fair, fair. This, this movie is like you know six fair. years old. Yeah, yeah. No, totally, totally. Um, but yeah, then the whole joke is just that. The previous boyfriend is like, no, no, I don't want to marry her. You, yeah, you no, it's cool, man. Yeah, yeah it's cool. It. Yeah, Joshua's like actually a little bit of a progressive type of thing for the early 1960s, where the ex is like, oh no, it's cool. I just wanted to wish her well, and like seriously, that's yeah. all it is. I just wanted to wish her well, and like you two have a great life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it's got like. It definitely, like, you could tell it was, like, trying for shit, you know. Um, but, again, it is a student film, and it's, it shows. Like, I mean. And, I mean, I'm being very generous and pulling w- really far to get even that kind of, like, little yeah, interpretation just... of it. Like, I, I like, want to make it clear for, like, for anybody that hasn't seen it, like, the vast majority of the me- movie is 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 actually scenes of large groups characters with a done in fast forward motions of them Which going through another silent movie touch yes going through yeah. their activities however we're getting dialogue from both character from all the characters we're seeing it's not really narration yeah it's yeah. dialogue it's dialogue but it's definitely done i guess uh, would it would it have been adr like or, or oh, 100 percent adr yeah. there's it's it's yeah. like almost the entire movie is adr yeah like their mouths are a movie it's interesting man i mean i don't know how the yeah um do you know did Troma wouldn't have picked it up in 69 because Troma wasn't around back then. Right? No, Troma was around back then, weren't okay. they? So this no, was one of their first, like, acquisitions then. This, this would have been an early acquisition because it was actually thinking about, like, how would they have come across that? But remember, like, Lloyd Kaufman has all those connections to, um, uh, to like, Francis Ford Coppola and I, to Scorsese and to... All these people, like they were Stone. all, and like, like the Palmwood, like they're all part of like that same new that wave of Hollywood. And so I could a hundred percent see De Palma and Lloyd Kaufman being like early friends and crossing over with each other. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I'm trying to think here. Um, what what what's some of the early um like we, I know Battle of Love's Return was seventy one. And that's yeah. technically the first trauma movie. So just keep in mind with it being released in 69, that could still just mean um, festivals and shit. And then trauma could have picked up the distribution rights like a yeah. year or two later. Very easy. Right, right, right. Um, I don't know. Because they, they were acquiring and starting to distribute movies in the 70s. Yeah. So I could see that something being very easily they pick up, especially if Palma started generating any sort of buzz and just being like, oh, hey, this is the same guy from my right scene. And we've seen about how Lloyd Kaufman, like Troma does have a fucking good eye for future talent. Like they do. They they're do. really great at it. Now, there's a lot of misses, but Jesus Christ, do they have a lot of hits. 
Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the the miss like, and even like some of the ones where they, you know, like I guess like in in the case of this movie, like where they they um, you know, they distribute one of the misses, um, and it uh, you know, but the, the they they you know, still make money off of it because they, they still got make the, money off of it, and the then Palma like, and De Niro name attached to it. Yep. Yep. Now, I guess I guess that's also something that's kind of of interest in that a lot of these trauma movies that we watch that advertises having like the first role of so and so, like shall we say uh, Samuel L. Jackson in Death by Temptation, it's really mm-hmm. just a glorified cameo. No, yes. uh, uh, Robert De Niro is legit one of the main characters in the movie. He is. He is. And although, although, although the the poster on trauma now. Uh, it, it makes it look like he's the groom. He is not. He is not. He is, he is not. He is, he is one, of, one the, of the groom's two best friends. Yes, yes. Um, and and so if you really want to, if you're like a Robert De Niro super fan or super horny for him, and you want to see him as like in his very young, young early 20s, <laughs> young, young, like still boy Robert De Niro. Yeah. You will see that in this movie, and it's like, and it's straight up un, unrec- unmistakable Robert De Niro. Like, yeah, I had like, no problem because sometimes with these types of movies, I sometimes have a hard time, especially when the character, especially when the actor is really known for their very adult life roles. I sometimes right. have an issue recognizing them when they're like they're very youthful roles. And, and I was watching this, I'm like, okay, where's Robert De Niro? Where's Robert De Niro? As soon as you see him, I was like, there's Robert De Niro. Like. Wow. He looks actually very similar. He was, like, a standout in this movie. Like, I could see, like, watching this movie and being like, okay, the rest of these people are students, but this guy, this guy's going places. It's just purely because he has charisma. He does. It's absolutely that. Like, he has, he just has a very, like, yeah, he's just got that energy about him. That it factor. Exactly. And, like, so it's... It's vaguely interesting just to see that, like, okay, you can see where people scouting for talent saw potential in this person, and it paid off. Now, is this really a great acting role? No, no, not no. at all. Not at all. Not at all. It's just, it's just doing a whole bunch of uh, um, wacky slapstick one-liners. Right, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Damn it. I'm like, um, I feel like there was another thing I actually had. Um, oh yes, I uh, one other thing, and this is like me really fucking digging, trying to find things interesting about this movie, was uh, the whole conversation about when <laughs> meeting the whole family and discovering that it's a house full of old women and young girls, and mm-hmm. there's. They all don't think that the groom is manly enough. So who's going to support the family? Well, she must be supporting the family because haven't you heard women are starting to work these days? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the world that this movie was commenting on is. Yeah. Haven't you heard women are starting to work these days? Oh, my dear. Right, right. No. And he, um, yeah. Yeah, no, that that that's funny because like um the last point um that that scout brought up when I when I mentioned this movie was he was like you know this was back when uh 
when when everyone thought uh, Brian De Palma was was just going to be making uh, counterculture comedies, um, and, you know, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I could see. Um, but he changed a lot. Like, I mean, this, I mean, he's known. Well, I what I associate him for, and correct me if I'm wrong, is being like a drama crime drama specifically. Yeah, yeah, f- filmmaker. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's Carrie, of course, which is, you know, supernatural horror, but... Which um, is, like, the only one I've really seen by him. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm curious to see The Fury, because isn't that based on, like, a beloved 70s horror novel as well? Uh, it's based on a novel by the out. same name. Supernatural thriller, yeah, yeah, I I'm, yeah. You're, I believe you're recalling correctly. Yep, John Ferris. Um who did, uh, yeah, The Fury. He did stuff, too, that I've heard of. Um, no, yeah. there, there's only one joke in it that I thought was actually good and really gave me a chuckle, and is related to the that whole women thing, that whole house full of w- women. That Like, remember, that's the whole thing. Because I, I, am I interpreting it right that the vast majority of them live there? Oh, yeah, that was kind of the impression I got. That some of the family was traveling in, but this was the family home, and they all lived there. And the reason I got this is because they're outside, and it's the bridegroom and his two best friends, Danero being one of them, and they're talking about how it's just, do you know, it's, it's a house full of old women and young girls where all the men and one of the friends points out they're all dead and they're in the cemetery and it's all oh. the men it's all the husbands are all dead that's and, right and, and that was the only joke i thought was funny yeah yeah oh man i i wish i i wish i hated this movie because that would that would that would imply that i actually like felt anything that's the thing that's the thing like i <laughs> like, didn't i can't say i hate it because i didn't feel it, it it was just like all right just gotta get through this like this is the thing i watched for this show i do every week <laughs> i watched a screen test i had like that's what i was watching that's what i was searching before earlier in describing yeah. this movie it's a screen test we watched a screen test i mean it almost makes me wish i was more of a de palma fan again i don't Dislike De Palma. I, I I I like a lot of the movies of his I've seen. Turns but I out I know nothing about the man I, so little I could not in any way honestly try to figure this out in a week while also what like doing well, this as a movie. Like the point I'm trying to make is like I, I wouldn't describe myself as a fan, but like, uh, but uh, but I like him. But like I I almost wish I was more of a fan because then I could at least be like, I don't know, just get some sense of something by seeing this you know student film he made oh he was talking about these things here which is funny because that conversation ended up being a theme in this later movie exactly he's already thinking yeah yeah but we don't know we don't know and it's also really funny because i tried i tried really hard to be like all right what are other people saying about this movie hey lucas guess how many podcasts i could find that covered this movie zero that's exactly the correct number. I could find zero podcasts. Hey, guess how many YouTube videos I could find covering this movie? Zero. 
wrong. I found one and I watched it. It's a half an hour long video. I do not recommend it because the guy is just fucking bullshitting his way throughout the whole fucking thing and can't figure out anything to talk about with the movie. And, and we're not um, doing that at all in this episode. Oh, no, not in the slightest bit. Not in the slightest bit. I don't know what you could be implying. Um, I tried looking up articles about this movie. I could not find anything at all that attempted to discuss this movie seriously or present in any sort of framework of this or anybody else's career. Yeah, I mean, I wish there was just that I'd have something to go off of because it's really hard for me to place a movie like this in context. Like, you know, um, you know, like, because, uh, yeah, it's just I don't I didn't feel anything for it. and I didn't you know, I, I'm not as familiar with De Palma's work. And yeah, there weren't I didn't find any blogs or, or YouTube videos, although you found one. Um, and I, and I didn't, you know, I didn't find anything really to like, be like, you know, cause sometimes you do need to like rely on like other, um, I, I've heard it many times before for, for like almost every episode of the show, I do at least a cursory thing around podcasts and blogs and YouTube. Yeah. Just, just, just me seeing what are the people saying? Not, not like, not really looking for talking points. I'm like, I just want to see what other people got out of it. And whether or not I agree or disagree, or I talk a lot about what I find other people say. Can't find anything about anybody talking about this movie, which is honestly actually bizarre to me, because De Palma is just such a celebrated American director, and the fact that any of his movies is just like just practically non-existent in terms mm -hmm. of commentary truly like surprises me. Yeah, same, same. Um, and then the fact that De Niro's in it as well. Yes, you would yes, think we also have the be... De Niro connection. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, man. <laughs> and then also I was trying to think about some way of like, how does this fit in the Tromas catalog? And to be quite frank, I already brought up my basic guess, which is just that Lloyd Kaufman, it makes sense that Lloyd Kaufman and De Palma were in the same circles yeah i could see him being like yo i got this movie and you got distribution networks you want to take it over for me sure and and it was also before trauma had really found what it was doing yeah so it would have taken on a movie like this you know like because like you and, know it was just, and so it doesn't actually like fit into like because this the, was even before it, the uh the trauma sex yes so, yeah. To be quite frank, how this fits into the Truman catalog is it's one of the pieces that they can actually make money off of to help fund other and other things. And yeah, I mean, and it's bragging rights, like, right? Like, they can still say, like, oh, yeah, we yeah. have De Palma got his start with Troma, which isn't totally true, but it, but it, you know, it yeah. Also technically is, same thing with Robert De Niro. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're the only ones that would do their first, and all I can find out is that is true. Like, yes. But, but like, weirdly, like, like, Lake Hoffman doesn't talk about distributing the wedding party. Like, here, like, mm -hmm. I have all I, I have all I need to know about, all I need to know about filmmaking, I learned from The Toxic Adventure by Lake Hoffman and James Gunn. So here, let's see what uh, they have to say about the wedding party in here. Um, 
a hilarious black and white look at Wedding Day Cold Feet, starring Robert De Niro in this mo- movie motion picture directed by R- Brian De Palma. Neither one of those things are technic are completely true. Um, sorry, that's me. That's me doing commentary. Sorry, I'll get back to it. The New York Daily News said it's a pleasure to see. Even Gene Shalit said this wedding takes the cake. Shalit should have been shot for that phrase long before he started refusing to review Trumbo movies. Hell for Shalit would be screaming eternally in a vat of hot lava, but it would be heaven for us. De Palma's Damn. first film. De Niro's first film, Joe Claiborne's first film, and Troma's got it. <laughs> it it's, it's just a thing to for Troma to, the like, literally... Make it's a flex, of, as the kids say yeah. these days. It's, it's, it's a flex, and... Actually, do kids, do kids say that, guy. or is it just wine moms on Twitter that say that? I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. I'm so out of touch. <laughs> I, I like to go with Flexa because that's no, I, 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 let's not go it's, into this. It's, let's get it's back cool to the word. movie. It's a cool let's word. Let's get back. Let's go back to the movie. But like, I think it's like it's place in Trimmer's catalog is as we're we're gonna agree upon calling that it, it's a flex, and that also it serves as a guaranteed money maker because like that arrow blue way like trauma uh as we've talked about in previous episodes have now been working with arrow and vinegar syndrome and this is joint severin company. as well uh, right i believe so as well pretty much like all these like really specialty um blu-ray companies ha- trauma's been working with them and doing joint releases so it also mm-hmm. benefits trauma and having something especially now right now in the blu-ray is not even i i, I actually can't say for certain or not but I know it's uh, in the early films of Brian De Palma box set from Arrow. I don't know if it's sold separately or not as Blu-ray, but whatever. Early Brian De Palma, first Brian De Palma, you're going to get some film nerds that no matter what the quality of the movie is, is going to put out money to to have it in their collection. Yeah. And so it's going to be a constant money maker for trauma. So I get why they flex over it. I get why... It's something they always mention. Um, I get why nobody that's a fan of Brian De Palma or Robert De Niro mentions this movie. Uh, yeah. like it's it's a screen test. We watched a fucking screen test. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, hey, you know what? Where else can you watch a screen test of a Brian De Palma movie except through Troma? I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yes, if that's what you want to take from this. Like, I I, I felt, like, crushed watching this movie. Like, man, and also, like, it's all... Oh, oh, no, I do have I do have something else I want to bring up. Okay, so I got really fucking bored and annoyed at this movie. And I've got some things to talk about from that. And I have one specific thing. Okay. Is, this is all just rich, like, like generational rich white people problem the movie right sure right sure and so that's it's just like like i don't even know what these fucking people are talking about half the time or like why like like our world is so far beyond from not just what like early 1960s decorum was but with the decorum of the generational old old rich in the northeast early 90s like this is yeah. so far removed but I got fucking caught up with that 
that conversation about what to serve for dinner that night for all the guests. And the, um, do you remember this about like that the, the, the chauffeur who tried quitting and he got talked back in. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because they were going to let him drive to the grocery store to pick up the ingredients for dinner, which I was just like, I, I know you're trying to be funny, but in today's day and age, this isn't funny anymore. And this like, <laughs> like makes me hate you that you're, yeah. you manipulated your employee feels overworked and underpaid, which they explicitly bring up mm-hmm. into the continuing the work for them. Like, I don't, I don't like this yeah. but again, but she manipulates them into it by this long conversation about if he had planned their dinner menu, which he had not. And so she was trying to ask him before you leave, can you give me advice on that for dinner? And then she wants a cold dish and he keeps suggesting hot dishes. Mm-hmm. Seriously, that's what this fucking movie is. And that's what this like, but she really wants aspic. Okay. And she keeps bringing up, but do you remember that? She keeps telling me, I want aspic. Right. And I was like, I've heard Aspic recently. I recently rewatched all of, because you and I have been talking about this, um, uh, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Yeah. Aspic actually gets referenced several times in the show as a food item. And I was like, what the fuck is Aspic? So I looked up what Aspic is. And so the thing that the debonair ultra-rich woman was arguing that she wanted to have for dinner is gelatinized uh, meat stock that has floating in it vegetables and cold hunks of chopped up meat. Oh. So meat jelly. Meat jelly with hunks of, like, eggs, (sighs) veggies, um, shredded up pieces of meat. That's what the ultra-rich person is crying that she wants to have for dinner. Oh. Well, <laughs> and that used to be a thing in the United States. You remember those like, yeah. that's aspic. That's oh my aspic. God. Uh, so the moral of the story is watch Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared instead because it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I think that's my recommendation. I, I like I'm I was struggling to find fucking I've got nothing else. Yeah, I wish I had more like again, like I, I actually have a hard time like even like um remembering or fully paying attention to movies when I'm not like feeling it the way I was not feeling this. Like it felt very like, just, I don't know. I wish I actively hated it. If I hated it, I'd have more to talk about with it that I could actually talk about what it was trying to do and where it failed. Mm -hmm. This wasn't trying to, it was a screen test. This wasn't trying to do anything at all. It's a student film in the most literal terms. It's a student working on a project for a class. That's all this is. Yeah. This is not, I have a hard time like really even considering this of intending to be a real movie. Same, same. Yeah. Like I, like if somebody who hadn't gone on to be famous um, had made this, no one would have ever. It wouldn't seen be this on movie. IMDb. It wouldn't be. Yeah. It would be it would, anywhere. It would be yeah. one of the many, many forgotten movies, 
And then that's maybe maybe the that's might be the most interesting thing about this. I hadn't thought about that until you just brought it up right now. Oh yeah. Is that in another universe where Brian De Palma and Robert De Niro didn't become famous, this would be a piece of lost media that would just no longer exist, no one would remember it. And there's millions, millions oh, yeah. of movies that are made and they're just forgotten already forgotten to time. Mm-hmm. And this would be one of them if it wasn't just for the fact of one of those two people becoming famous, in this case, both both of them. Yeah. And but there's no reason to watch this movie. There's absolutely not. Right. Yeah. No, I can't I, I can't really recommend it either. I mean, it's again, if you're a De Palma purist, you probably already saw this. Like you either saw this or we're telling you like like there's like watch everything else. There's there's no possible way he made another movie that is just as empty as this. There's no way. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. Even the worst filmmakers I've seen like I say I had more to dig into with like under a knife under the knife in Sizzle Beach USA than this. Right. Right, because well, yeah, because they, yeah, they tried, again, they failed, but they were trying something. The, yeah, this was, this felt like merely an exercise rather than a like, than a movie. I mean, we keep saying that, you know, yeah, screen test is obviously that's, the. That's that's yeah. all I got. That's all I fucking yeah. got. We should just call it. Yeah, let's call it. Um, uh, what uh, what are we doing next week? What are we doing next week, Lucas? We are uh. We're, we're going to talk about uh it's a little early for Thanksgiving but we're doing Thanksgiving 3. Okay, thank you cuz um, I actually asked that as a legit question cuz I forgot what the order was. Cuz you forgot. Okay. I yeah, forgot no the order. Problem, I'm like no shit, problem. Lucas, what was your? Okay. Okay, so, so what are we doing? We're doing Thanksgiving 3. Specifically the third one. I believe if I recall correctly the chronology of the series, they, there is no second one. I think they skip straight to the third one. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if we're making a mistake by jumping in at the third one and not. We haven't. I was about to say, like, have we done the first one and I just no. like got blackout drunk and forgot? But apparently, like, the famous one is the third one. So okay, well, let's just jump in. Fuck it, we're gonna do. Yeah. We we actually have like two Thanksgiving specials planned. Yes, we and do. Yes, we do. We have two Thanksgiving specials planned. The first of the two is gonna be Thanksgiving. Thanks killing three. Wow, I managed to already comp- complicate it by saying we had two specials. And the first special is the third movie, of which there's no second. Only a first. <laughs> Do I have that right? Does everyone at home yes. follow that? You are correct. Um, and, yeah, so that's that's next week. And then, um, I don't know, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, I'm going to give a vague plug here is I don't know if it will be up by the time that uh, this episode's up, but we're actually going to be starting a Patreon. And yeah. we're going to have – we have some fun ideas for the Patreon. We're going to we're gonna be playing it a little bit more uh, loosey-goosey and silly than a lot of other people do for their Patreons. But what we mean by that is that anyone that puts any money towards us is going to get actually the content that's of value. If you want to give us a couple extra bucks, we have some fun, silly things that we're going to do for it. But for anyone that gives us money, we are going to start having 
weekly bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be the recordings of that. It's Lucas and I talking about movies and movies, books, video games, things we went to see in person. Just essentially what we talk about before we start recording. Just what yeah. shit we've been into immediately. And so you get to hear those conversations. And you'll also hear uh, our like conversations about how we plan out this show and what things we take into consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I'm like really talking about right now is before we talked about um, the wedding party. Wow, I already like almost forgot the name of this movie. It's already starting to leave, leave my brain. Um, we actually accidentally recorded a full awesome episode of about the new. 2022 film barbarian and yes we got into it pretty pretty indefinitely pretty like 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 we analyzed that pretty well and that was just I, us having fun like it's like shit we accidentally recorded a whole episode about barbarian and mm-hmm. i feel bad about this week's episode for the wedding party and unfortunately it's gonna be behind the paywall but um we uh we got accidentally recorded an episode analyzing 2022's Barbarian. Which is is spoilers, both Lucas and I loved it. And we have so many reasons why we loved it. And that's what we go over. And I do want to give this just a little hint, little hint in the future. There will be one movie. There will be one movie that will only be discussed as a Patreon bonus episode. We gotta do this, Lucas. We're fucking doing it. Yeah, we do. We do. And we're not gonna explain why it's Patreon only. But if you know, you, you know, hear, when you hear the title of the movie and who made it, you'll know why you'll know why. And if you don't know, you don't need to know. Yeah. But there's a reason. I just want to just tease that. It's one of those things. Don't yeah. know when we'll get to it. Probably sooner than later once the Patreon goes up. It'll yeah, I think I later. think so, too. I think so, no, too. Like we can't resist the. the no. No. <laughs> That's, oh, just teasing. That's just teasing lucas you got anything to uh like no i would say keep an eye out for the patreon uh you know jump in our uh, facebook group follow us on twitter and all all that stuff as well um and uh yeah i mean that's that's really it um i uh, got a newsletter at lucasmangum.com where like i talk about the show i review movies review books and post free fiction occasionally so uh yeah um lots of places to if you can't get enough lucas and jeff oh we, we we're gonna deliver so much more yeah. uh yeah so next week thanks killing three hell yeah the second I mean, movie but we're not covering the first only the only the third which is actually the second yeah all right everyone got that good 